Hey there, Heather Creekmore here. You're listening to the Compared to Who Show, and I'm glad you're here today. We are finishing up our short series on personality and image and body image and how do all those things go together. I hope you had a chance to listen to last week's episodes, my interviews with Travis Stewart. They are so good. And I've gotten so much good feedback on them. They are so helpful. Like you will probably want to listen to both of those episodes twice. Tell a friend about it. Share it with a friend, especially Friday's episode, because Travis gave some really practical things to do. And I think if you shared it like with your husband, if you're married or with a friend, an accountability partner, I think it'd be a really good framework to have someone kind of in with you (laughs) where someone could ask you, hey, which chair are you sitting in right now as you say these things to me? So those episodes were really solid. And I'm looking forward to today. I just want to kind of dig one step deeper. We're going to kind of tie it all up today with a bow because this show is moving to life audio this week. Yay, yay. So Friday's episode may sound a little bit different because we'll officially be part of life audio and I'll be kind of reintroducing myself in the ministry again. So I hope you'll check that out. But today I'm excited that we are going to dive into how we discern identity from image and why we get those things confused. It's a really important topic. I'm glad you're here. Let's go. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. So as I coach women, one thing has become very clear to me that a lot of the women I'm working with are just like me (laughs) in that They have somehow made being the healthy, I'm using quotes around these words, healthy, fit, fitness focused, good eater, quote unquote, perfect eater, um, nutritionally wise one. Like they have made those labels their identity, And what's kind of interesting, right? Like, so we all have different personalities. We talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about how, you know, all of the personality tests out there, they were kind of all man-made, right? But if you look through scripture, it is clear, just looking at the personalities of the disciples and different Bible characters, you know, throughout the Old Testament, right? People are wired differently. Some people are courageous and bold and outspoken. And some people are more timid and quieter and more thoughtful, right? It's, we are all a combination of a bunch of different traits. (laughs) But what happens to those of us who struggle with body image issues is a lot of that personality stuff gets 
shall I say, stuffed down. And and sometimes it's not even just stuffed down. It's we get to a place where we are so focused and concerned about what other people think about us and our bodies that we're kind of willing to change our image, our personality around that too. So it's almost as if we are motivated by what we believe other people want us to be like. So real life example of this, I think I shared with you a couple weeks ago how I used to be the really quiet girl and then transitioned to private school where I was determined not to be the quiet girl anymore. But what's kind of happened on the other side of that is there's been many times, especially in my adult life, where I felt like I was too loud, like people thought I was being too loud or like I was too much or I just, you know, my personality was too big for the group. I remember a guy in college telling me that the reason why I didn't date very much is because like guys just didn't know what to do with me because I was just like so much that hurts. I remember that 30 years later, right? Like those kind of things about our personalities hurt just as much as comments made about our bodies. And so those of us that are already overly concerned about what people think of us physically tend to worry about what people think of us personality wise as well. And so we can begin to what I would call shape shift, right? Like, oh, you want me to be quieter? Okay, I'll try to be quieter. Oh, you want me to be louder? Okay, I'll try to be louder. Oh, you want me, you know, and we become almost like a jello will fit whatever mold you want us to fit in. And we lose track of who God created us to be and how he wired us. And instead of being able to focus on that, we feel shame around the way we were made. So it's not just shame around our bodies, but then it's shame around our personalities too. And what happens is that shame confuses us, right? So shame tells us, it's not that you did something bad. Shame tells us that you are bad, right? And that's a little different than guilt. Guilt is, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But shame is, you did that, you are bad, bad to the core, right? And, and so shame really beats us down into a place where we lose our identity. Now, identity has always been a really fuzzy concept to me, right? Like I grew up in church and I knew my identity was supposed to be in Christ, but identity and personality and really image, like those three words kind of seemed all intertwined. I'm not sure that I truly knew what it meant to have an identity in Christ. But the funny thing is, I knew what it meant to have an identity in other things, right? I started working in a gym when I was in my 20s, and I was very happy (laughs) to have my identity be the gym girl. Or when I went gluten-free around age 40 because I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and that's what the doctor told me to do, I was very happy to have a gluten-free identity. I wanted people to know I worked in a gym. In fact, I was called out, Amy Bass, if you're listening, it was you, (laughs) but a friend of mine that took my spin class one time read my bio online and she was like, why do you call yourself a spin instructor? Why is that part of your bio? You only teach like three hours a week, like three hours out of your whole life every week isn't much. Like, why is that in there? And I remember thinking, 
because that's who I want people to know that I am. That's who I want people to think that I am. I want them to know I'm the gym girl. I work at a gym. It was my identity. And so as God has been working in my life to break down these strongholds, to show me my body image idol, to help me break free from these chains that I've worn for a long time around a broken identity (laughs) and around body image issues, he has been showing me what it's like to rebuild an identity that is in him, an identity that is separate from these things that I did to try to really portray an image, right? I wanted my identity to be the gym girl because I wanted the image that you thought of me saw in me to be some that of someone who was really into exercise. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's almost as if I believed that perhaps you would put on a different pair of glasses when you looked at me and see me as the gym girl. Maybe you'd see me as more fit than I actually was at the time just because of that label. But think about it, friends. Like, gym girl isn't really a personality, right? It is an image, but it's not really descriptive of my gifts or my wiring, right? It's it's an image that I wanted to be my identity to kind of match an image that I wanted the world to have of me. And what I missed in all that was the reality that I am made in God's image, right? I'm I'm complex. I am wired uniquely and specifically for his service, right? To advance his kingdom. But Jim Girl was a false identity. And it was also a very temporary identity because the truth is I don't work in a gym anymore. And although part of my, I guess, career shift, (laughs) shall we say, uh, would have happened regardless because, hello, aging, uh, it was a really important part of my process, my road to freedom, to give up that identity as gym girl, to realize that I didn't have any security, real security, safety. I didn't have any assurance that everyone would approve of me if I was the gym girl. I didn't have any security in my life that came from just considering myself, quote unquote, the gym girl. It was a false identity, a false shelter, something I was trying to take refuge in that wasn't really going to protect me. And so when we think about building an identity in Christ, it's a completely different paradigm, right? Because building an identity in Christ is building an identity in the one who will always protect you, who will always be your refuge, who will always be your safe place, right? That he is the one that no one can take away from us. So hello, aging, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still have your identity in Christ. But it really comes down to asking yourself the question, what do I want people to know of me? What do I want people to think of me? Where do I want to derive my identity? What do I want my image to be? If those things are more related to your food or your exercise, my friend, you're building a false identity. If those things are more related to your faith and your walk with Christ, that's a much more stable identity, one that will last. 
So how does this fit in with personality? So again, right, we're all wired differently, but then we're all given gifts, right? Scripture tells us about all the different gifts that are available to us. And when we become believers, when we say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, he gives us certain spiritual gifts. They're talked about in Corinthians. They're also talked about in Romans, right? So we each have these gifts, but we also have this unique way that we're wired, right? Whether we're outgoing or a little bit more reserved, those things combined with our gifts actually make us uniquely talented and wired for what God has us to do. But here's where I think this gets confused. And I think the personality issue kind of makes it a little bit more confusing. What I've seen happen too often is believers will take personality tests, right? They'll find out more about their personality and that personality becomes their identity. So I've had this said to me once, like, oh, well, I'm this kind of person according to this personality test. So I know I'm just going to be too blunt all the time and just make people angry. Or, oh, well, I'm this kind of personality. So I don't like, I'm not outgoing. I don't talk to people unless I absolutely have to. So that's just my personality. And we use those personalities like identities that we try to hide behind. And friends, I don't see any biblical justification for this. Instead, as we have an identity in Christ, I think what we're supposed to do is we can analyze our personalities, right? Like we can figure out what our personalities are, but we're all supposed to be on on the same path towards Christ likeness. So that means if you're a little too brash and bold, hopefully the more Holy Spirit is in you, the more fruit of the Spirit is in you, the more you are like, you know, surrendering all of you to Christ every day, the more some of that brash and bold was going to get, I don't know, kind of sloughed off to someone who can speak the truth in love. Or if you're the person who's like, no, I can never tell anyone about Jesus because I'm way too quiet. Someone else is going to have to do that. I'll like send a check somewhere. Well, sorry, friend. Likewise, scripture doesn't give an out for not sharing your faith just because you're quiet. Right? That's, that's not an excuse it allows for. My point is, though these personality types we have are descriptors of the way we are, not all of those descriptors are the way we should be as new creations in Christ. And so in case that was fuzzy, right, God did wire us uniquely. But all of our goals are to strive for holiness, to strive to act like Jesus would act. When we become Christians, scripture tells us that we are new creations, right? Scripture uses the language of being born again. And so it's the flesh, the old man, the old us, the old creation that kind of gets stuck in some of these ways of behaving or even ways of clinging to false identities. And Jesus is like, no, you're a new creation, You have a new identity in me, and you don't have to be stuck in those old ways of behaving or acting or in those old identities. You have a new identity in me. 
Now, that doesn't mean that we're never tempted to go back <laughs> to our old ways of believing. Our old ways of believing our worth and value are found in the size of our genes or in how extroverted we are, right? But it does mean that we should always be trying to strip off all these extra identities, including that personality identity type, right? Because the world wants us to just wear a label and be that. And Jesus wants us to continue to try to be more like him. So the passage of scripture I want us to look at today is Philippians 3. And I'm going to go ahead and read it all for you. If you have your Bible, you can grab it and follow along. But it reads like this. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus... And here's a key part, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I love this part. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead." Not that I have already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Okay, what in the world is Paul trying to say here? Oh, I love what he's trying to say, because he's telling us that he had his identities wrapped up in a bunch of other things, right? He had his identity wrapped up in being a Pharisee, like being righteous under the law, being a Jewish man who was circumcised on the eighth day of the right tribe, the tribe of Benjamin, like he had this resume of this as his heritage is his ethnicity like he had reason to make this his identity he had reason to make this his image this is an image and an identity that would allow him to be accepted allow people to respond to him with you know imp- that they would be impressed like whoa wow, you are impressive. Wow. I, I'm so impressed by you. And what Paul tells us is he considers that all. Some translations use the word dung or even a stronger word is what some speculate Paul was actually using, right? In this translation, it says garbage. All of those identities were 
garbage that he may gain Christ and be found in him. Paul realizes that all these different ways he's tried to make himself righteous were false. (laughs) They weren't effective. They weren't the only thing that is true and lasting, which is faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith is the only thing Paul wants his identity to be rooted in. So friend, my encouragement to you today is what do you want your identity, your image to be rooted in? Do you want to hold on to, to cling to that identity or image as the fit one or the healthy one or the gluten-free one or the, you know, whatever, the hardworking one, the uh, I'll do anything for you one, the always knows all the answers one, the always it lights up a party one, like whatever these traits are that you are clinging to. What would it be like to be like Paul and say, you know what, even the best of my personality, even the best according to the world of my identity, even the best of my image, putting my identity and being the thin one or the tall one or the curvy one, those are false identities. Those are not ways that I will ever attain righteousness. Jesus is my only secure place to build an identity and an image. And then I love how Paul finishes. It's This is in Philippians 3. This is 12 through 14. It's a super famous passage, right? I press on toward the goal, forgetting what is behind. And some of us use that forgetting what is behind to be like, oh, you just should always forget the past and just move forward. That is not what he's saying. Paul is saying when he's forgetting what is behind, he's saying all of those old identities don't characterize me anymore because what I want more than anything is to be like Jesus. My goal is to win the prize that God has for those who are striving for holiness, right? Striving for holiness, that sounds really hard, doesn't it? But Paul encourages us more because Paul says he hasn't arrived. He hasn't obtained it. Like he's pressing forward to take to take what Jesus says he has for him in terms of being a new creation, but he's not perfected it yet. And that gives us hope, right? Because perfecting it, ooh, that's hard. (laughs) But he's pressing forward in this new identity. My final encouragement for you today, my friend, is I want you to just like stop an inventory. Where have you placed your identity? What are you hoping that your image will be? What parts of your personality have you built your identity or image around? And I want you just to surrender all of that today. That seems like a big ask, right? You know, surrender, it's not a one and done, right? But, but let's start the process. Say, God, I'm, I'm sorry I've built an identity on being this or being that or having this kind of personality or being good at this thing that you have talented me to be good at right? Help me to build an identity in you alone. Help me to forget all the accolades I may have received for those, those things that I was known for, or those things I was known by. Help me to not be satisfied with the approval of man, but to only strive for your approval, God, 
because man might approve of me when I lose weight or when I, you know, do other accomplishments that aren't necessarily accomplishments in God's kingdom. So God, help me to forget all that, to tune out the applause and the flattery of man and to seek only applause from you, my audience of one. God, show me who you want me to be. Show me how you wired me and for what purpose. Show me what gifts you gave me, how you talented me and for what purpose, God, and help me to create an identity rooted in you And from that identity to live out my purpose in you, in this body that you created on purpose for a purpose. It's a lofty goal, my friends, but it is the goal that scripture instructs us to pursue. And friend, if body image is your battle, like it was for me, understand that even having a better body will not fix an image issue or an identity issue. Even if you can get that body you want, you will still have identity and image issues until you can root your identity and image in the Lord. He is the only safe place for you to root an identity or an image. I hope this has been helpful for you. We've tied up this series, got a lot of good things coming in the next couple of weeks on the show. The last week in February is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And so we're going to be talking about food stuff a little bit more. I'm going to be sharing more of my journey with food issues. And then we're going to be digging in to some great stuff in the month of March. I've got a great interview with a binge eating um, expert. So she's going to talk to us about how to stop binge eating. If that's part of your story, you'll really want to tune in there. Uh, We're going to do another seven minutes of scripture. It's been a while since I've done one of those, but that's coming up. More intuitive eating coaching calls for me and lots of good stuff ahead. So I'm glad that you're on this journey. If you are looking for extra help, extra support, I am taking additional coaching clients um, starting next month. So go ahead, grab a 10 minute call with me so we can talk about what you're looking for, what you need, and let's get on my calendar so I can start working with you one-on-one to help you wherever you're at. I mean, with your body image, I would love to walk with you on a journey to body image freedom. Well, thanks for listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. 
Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.